0: Well, my name is Hunter Hambrick, so great to be with you this morning, grateful to be with our church family, and uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Wow, y'all must not have gotten much sleep last night, that was was pretty weak, a little daylight savings time. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? There we go, there we go. Well, this morning we are closing out a sermon series that we started a couple months ago now called The Jesus Way. Can everybody say The Jesus Way? And uh, We've been in this series for about nine weeks now, and today I want to make room for us to reflect on all that we've seen and heard and learned from God, uh, really since the beginning of January. Uh, But before we do that, I want to mention that we have a brand new sermon series starting next week called In All of the Trinity in all of the Trinity, and uh, and N'Gulu will be leading us through this series. It's going to be really, really great. Emmanuel is getting his PhD in the Trinity at King's College in London. So he knows a thing or two about a thing or two when it comes to the three-in-one God, and uh, excited to hear from him and figure out what does it mean to worship a God who's three but also one, and how does that apply to our lives. And uh, that series will take us into Easter, which is four weeks away. What? crazy four weeks away from Easter Sunday resurrection that's right Jake turn up let's go come on Jesus is alive and uh, we're so not yet just kidding he is he's always alive but on Easter we really celebrate the fact that he's alive and uh, it's going to be really really fun and um, we're going to have some special elements we'll have like you know kids egg hunt we'll have an Easter breakfast which is going to be really really good all you can eat pancakes and bacon and eggs and sausage and it's going to be really maybe some tamales I've heard could be really fun Uh, But most importantly, we're going to celebrate the fact that our king is alive, death is defeated, and we have new life in Christ. And so um, I encourage you to go ahead and start thinking now about who you can be inviting to Easter service. Uh, Studies actually show that people are 80% more likely to attend church on Easter and Christmas. And so we can have one or two reactions to that, right? We can have the first reaction, which is to roll our eyes and say, oh, those are CEO Christians, right, you know? You know, CEO Christmas. You know, Christmas, Easter only Christians, and uh, they only come around then. Or secondly, we can say, Wow, what an opportunity where people are maybe more receptive to the gospel. Let's take advantage of that. And uh, studies actually show that people are even more likely to come to church if they receive a personal invitation from a friend. And so, I want you to start just praying now. Who is it in your world? A friend family member, coworker, roommate, somebody that you see at the gym or the grocery store on a regular basis, who is it that you know that needs to know the hope of Jesus this Easter? Just go ahead and begin praying for them. We'll have invite cards and all that good stuff. Well, hey, without further ado, we are going to close out our series on the Jesus way this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. And if you've not done so already, you can flip or scroll to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we'll be this morning. Matthew 6 is part of a collection of teachings we've come to know and love called the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew 6 verses 1 through 18, Jesus outlines three key practices or spiritual disciplines for his first followers to live by and abide by. They are almsgiving or care for the poor, And uh, don't let that language offend you if that sounds pretty (laughs) paternalistic. Um, Jesus said, the poor you always have among you. And Jesus actually says in Luke's gospel, Um, his account of the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor, period. (laughs) So Jesus actually has a high value for um, those who are financially or economically destitute. He actually became that himself. Um, And so this is just a a way of us reorienting in this upside-down kingdom what it means to live in community, rich and poor, old and young, black and white, Asian, Hispanic, all people groups, all socioeconomic backgrounds. That's why we have this church is because we want to reweave the frayed fabric of a broken society, and so we do that through loving relationship, uh, symbiotic relationship, caring, giving, and receiving for one another. Second key practice there you can see is prayer, and the third is fasting. Our preaching team has taken three weeks to address each of these key practices, and uh, today what I want to do is focus in on this key theme that we've talked about throughout the series, and it's this idea that the truth of Jesus without the way of Jesus does not produce the life of Jesus. The truth of Jesus without the way of Jesus. There is a way, a certain path and road that we are to follow in our following of Jesus. But the end goal isn't, it is the truth and it is the way because Jesus is the truth and he is the way. But most importantly, Jesus is the life It is the life of Jesus. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full, life more abundantly. The Jesus life is what the Jesus way is all about. But to get that life, we need a way, we need a path, we need a road to follow. And Jesus himself is that way, as Cynthia just read in John 14, verse 6. And to get on that way, there is a set of practices, a set of habits and rhythms that guide and guard our loves and longings. And so my goal this morning, in the time that we have remaining together, is to talk to you a little bit about what's called a rule of life. And my big idea this morning is to argue that the things that we do, do something to us. The things that we do, the habits that we have, the rhythms, the practices that we do, do something to us. And so I'm actually going to invite Cynthia to play just a little bit of music, a little instrumental, lightly in the background for about 30 seconds, and I want you to think about a habit that you have in your life uh, that brings about positive change for you. It doesn't have to necessarily be something spiritual, but this is something you do maybe on a daily basis, a weekly basis, maybe monthly, uh, quarterly, annually, once a year, but it's a regular rhythm that's part of the warp and woof of your life that has positive change in your life. So just take about 30 seconds to think about that. what that might be. Right. awesome. Would uh, one or two people maybe be willing to share what, what's a habit, a, a rhythm that you have that you do on a regular basis that brings about positive change in your life? Anything come to mind? Jerome? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. We can snap for that. That's awesome. Thank you, Sherry. If you didn't hear, she said that their team at Cross Purpose uh, shares a devotional every morning. I, I work in the same building as you. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. I love that. Lon. I love that. Has anyone in this room been encouraged by Lon Garber before? You can raise your hand in your life at all, ever. Come on, there should be some more hands. I definitely have. I'll raise both hands. Thank you, Lon. You lived that out. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, This morning, I want to, as I mentioned a moment ago, just introduce this concept called a rule of life. And uh, raise your hand if you've heard of this before, just so I know. Okay, great, and then no shame, raise your hand if you've not heard of this before. This is like, what, rule, for, rule of who, what is it? Awesome, all right, great, cool, just want to know what I'm working with. I just want to have a quick word on what a rule of life is and what a rule of life isn't. So first of all, a rule of life is this idea of the Latin word regula. It comes from this Latin word, regula. It's where we get English rules uh, words like ruler, like the measuring instrument you have. Uh, it's a straight line that kind of determines the the bounds or length of a particular uh, unit of space. And it's also where we get words like regulate, um, to order and to have kind of organization in our life. And a rule of life is meant to serve as a spiritual schedule, or maybe you want to think of it as like a budget almost. Uh, it's quite literally a support structure that guides our loves and guards our longings. The simplest definition I could come up with for a rule of life is this. It's a set of spiritual rhythms that supports our life with God, which is an older definition on the screen that we will work with now. A spiritual structure for growth that supports and strengthens our life with God. It's a spiritual structure for growth that supports and strengthens our life with God. You can write that down if you like. And uh, a helpful image that maybe um, could kind of bring to mind this whole idea of like a spiritual structure, what does that mean for growth that supports and strengthens our life with God? Well, actually, way back in the day, um, there are some scholars who think that this idea for for rule, regula, actually comes from the image of a trellis and a vine. A trellis and a vine. We have any, uh, any wine lovers in the room? This is a safe place. You can raise your hand. All right. heading to Napa. That's good. All right. Well, if you've ever been to wine country, maybe you've seen something like this, a trellis and a vine. And the idea is that this support structure enables the vine to grow up, flourish, flower, and most importantly, bear fruit. And isn't that what the Christian life is all about in the end? John 15, 5, the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And what is it? What is the fruit that we're supposed to bear? Well, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, singular. The fruit, not the fruits, the fruit of the Spirit is what comes out of a life that is rooted and grounded in life with God. That's what a rule of life is. It is a set of spiritual rhythms that supports our life with God. Secondly, what a rule of life isn't notice that it is a rule of life, singular, not rules for life, plural, right? A rule of life isn't some legalistic list of do's and don'ts for Christians to follow. It's not about behavior modification. It's about soul transformation. This is not law. It's relationship, And our rule of life, or lack of rule of life, secondly, doesn't earn us favor or merit before God. Amen? You are totally loved, completely adopted, and chosen by the Lord. But your rule of life, or lack of rule of life, may determine the level of maturity that you experience this side of heaven. This is a discipleship issue. This is what it means to follow our risen king. The point of the trellis is not the trellis. It's the fruit that comes off of the vine. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So certain support structures in our rule of life might include practices like we've talked about in this series, Prayer, fasting, care for the poor, Um, others that were mentioned already, gratitude, uh, thinking of others more highly than yourselves, uh, reading the Bible, studying the Bible and scripture in community, justice, hospitality, silence and solitude, on and on the list can go. The point of all these spiritual habits, though, is not the spiritual habits. It's the love, the fruit that comes out of our life with God. In fact, St. Benedict, all the way back in the 6th century, was the first one who is credited with creating this concept of a rule of life. And the Benedictine rule revolved around four simple categories. They were prayer, relationships, work, and rest. Prayer, relationships, work, and rest. And right in the middle of all of this is love of God, love of God. This means that this love of God is not just the love that we receive from God, but it's the love that we give back to God. It's a two-way symbiotic relationship that we both receive God's love and then we give it back to him and to those around us. Does anyone in the room know our mission statement at Providence Bible Church? Anybody know it by heart? Brave enough to stand up and say it. Kevin, you don't count. You can't. I'm cheating. Anybody? All right. Well, this is it. If you're a covenant partner, am I, you want to give it a shot, Keith? Nope, you don't. Definitely not. Okay. Very good. Our mission is to live as fully loved and devoted followers of Jesus Christ and love our neighbors to do the same. If you came to church this morning wondering what the Christian life is all about, that's it. <laughs> Being loved by God and giving love back to God and to our neighbors. That's it. We complicate it so much in the Christian life, but it is love of God and love of neighbor. It's that simple. And what a rule of life does is it helps refocus our attention toward this goal. Because I don't know about you, but this guy can get distracted. (laughs) In life, I, I need spiritual disciplines. I need a rule of life. I need a guardrail and a guideline to guard my habits and my behavior. Because left to myself, I am not disciplined enough. I need the spiritual disciplines to be disciplined enough to focus my life on what matters the most. Because the truth for you, the truth for me this morning, is that the enemy wants to knock you off of Jesus' way. He'll do whatever it takes, whether it's deception, disappointment, distraction, whatever. He doesn't care. It could be good things could be religious things, church things, it don't matter. He will do anything to keep you away from the one thing, which is loving relationship with your heavenly father. He wants to knock us off the path. He wants to prevent us from experiencing the life of Jesus together. But when we have a rule of life, it serves as almost like anybody go bowling and use the bumper guards. You know, I do. I'm very bad at bowling. I'm not as good as Hudson. Hudson is very good at bowling. I've been working on my spin for like three years now, but I only go like every six months. So, it's, you know, it's I need to give it up. I just, you know, it's it's too late. But a, a guardrail, a, a rule of life is just like that. It helps keep us on track even when we lose attention, even when we're distracted, even when we're disappointed, even when we feel like a relationship hasn't worked out the way that we had hoped, we are focused, and it helps bring us back into attention to the one thing that is ma- that matters, and that's receiving the love of God and giving it back to Him and to those around us. Finally, one last thought as we finish this mini-message this morning and break up into small groups to kind of reflect and think about what we have learned through this series, is just a couple thoughts around how to begin. So if you're, if you're taking those, this could be just some helpful things to write down. Number one, if you've never had a rule of life before, or maybe this is a reminder, you've heard about it before, but you've never actually embraced it yourself, I just want to encourage you to begin where you are, not where you think you should be. <laughs> I think sometimes in life, we, th- we, we like to start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer our way there. That's generally good advice. That's a good plan to have. Uh, But a rule of life is meant to serve you as you are, not how you pretend to be. You're not meant to serve it. A rule of life is meant to support you where you are. And so if you are a, a parent of young kids or if you're a college student or if you're an empty Nestor, if you're newly married, if you're uh, newly unmarried, whatever you are, your age or stage is going to determine a lot about the capacity that you have to embrace certain disciplines or not. Amen? Amen? A rule of life is meant to serve you. You are not meant to serve it. And the truth is, number two, is just some thoughts around when you begin is that you actually already have a rule of life. You already have rhythms and patterns of behavior, as hopefully you noted a moment ago as we reflected, of how you live your life. The point is, how intentional are you being about those patterns and behaviors? All of us have rhythms, daily, weekly, monthly, annual practices that, to whatever degree, make us more or less like God. Uh, C.S. Lewis has this great quote where he says, uh, There is no neutral ground in the kingdom of God. Every single day, we are all becoming more of a child of hell or a child of heaven. <laughs> We're being pulled and the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. God's kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to bring heaven down onto earth so that we become more and more like the Savior that we follow. Rather than being knocked off the Jesus path and, and, and sidetracked and seduced by the way of the world and the way of religion. We want to follow Jesus faithfully as his disciples and his dearly loved children. So this is so important that we monitor the way that we spend our time, because as Annie Dillard so famously says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. We are all becoming a certain type of person, day in and day out. And I promise you, friends, you know it especially those who are older in the room and have a a little more gray or white on their head, you will blink (laughs) and your life will pass you by. Here today, gone tomorrow. That's what what the uh, book of Proverbs says. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is not legalism. This is wisdom. This is how to follow after Jesus in the Jesus way. So as we close, I wanna hear what a rule of life looks like or could look like in your life. What daily, weekly, monthly rhythms do you have in place when it comes to these categories of prayer, relationships, money, or work, and rest? actually invite our usher team now um, to begin handing out these uh, Jesus Way booklets that we put together. And uh, this is just an opportunity for you to kind of extend the shelf life of these messages, put this in the backpack of life, and uh, begin to consider these concepts long after this sermon series ends. And uh, so in just a couple minutes, we're going to break up into small groups and kind of talk through just two questions on the screen, nothing crazy. And uh, as soon as I said small groups, there are one or two reactions in the in the room. One person was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk. I've been sitting here stir crazy. The other person is like, can we, is it lunchtime? Can we <laughs> I need I think I need to go to that chill room they were talking about earlier. Uh, that is me. I am very antisocial, so I totally relate and understand. Um, but what I want us to do is to take just a couple minutes we're gonna take eight minutes nothing crazy and uh, some of you may have something to share some some of you may be like oh my gosh and i don't know what on earth i am going to share this morning that's totally okay I just ask that whatever you do share, you have a little bit of courage and just know that this this is a safe place where you can share like, man, I'm not even a Christian. I'm not even following Jesus. That's all right. We just want to hear from you. Where are you on the spiritual journey? Because the truth is, all of us are on the continuum. We're all somewhere on the spiritual journey. We may be at different points, but all of us have a next step that we can take as we follow after Jesus. And so there is a no comparison in this room this morning um, for how you choose to follow after Jesus and what that looks like daily, weekly, monthly, annually in your life in these different categories. Um, but maybe you'll be in a circle and you'll hear from someone else and they'll have an idea uh, that will encourage you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to break up into groups of no more than four people. Can everybody throw up your fours to me? Let me see your fours. Four, four, and no more. If you want to break up into groups of two or three, that's A-OK. Please, no one by themselves, but try to limit it to groups of four. And the way it works is is we're going to check out these discussion questions that are on the screen behind me now, and we're going to reflect on these questions together. Um, You can turn to page nine in your booklet, and it has the discussion questions there. And then uh, page eight, Ocho, has the rule of life, the kind of basic rule of life. And so we're going to break up into groups. I'm just going to keep track of time. You don't have to worry about it. I'll give you little prompts along the way. Break up into groups of four, and please uh, don't share any longer than a minute or two per person, and uh, we'll kind of alternate and then I'll, I'll let you know when it's time to move on from the first question to the second. And if someone shares something that you think is really great, like, man, affirm that, call that out, name it. And then at the end of this process, we'll uh, use these four mics and get to hear from everyone about what the Lord has taught us through these series and collections of talks. So without further ado, here are the reflection questions for us to consider on the screen behind me. Number one, which of these four areas do you feel strong in? In which area would you like to grow in? The categories of prayer, relationships, money, or work, different ways to think about that and rest. And then secondly, what's a practice you've heard about during this series that you'd like to explore further? Uh, Jenny already shared during Testimony of the Word, talking about how the Lord is challenging her with this area of fasting and how that can look different for her. Care for the poor, prayer, and fasting. So those are the two questions. I'll put eight minutes on the clock, break up into groups of four and no more. Any questions? about this process. All right, we'll put some music in the background. Three, two, one, go. All right, go ahead, turn back to your seats if you would. If you circled up, try to do your best to put the chairs back the way they were before. And well done. Uh, you can give yourself a pat on the back of your shoulder, especially if you're more introverted uh, for sharing, for being brave. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. And uh, now just want to kind of have a share out and hear uh, what is it that God has spoken to you during the course of these series of messages and what were maybe some things that you thought about. So we have uh, four microphones available just as with testimony of the word, two in the back, two in the front. If uh, you miss testimony of the word for some reason, you can just grab the handle and uh, it'll go up and down like that. Um, Please introduce yourself, number one, and uh, if you think that person would be comfortable with it, you can share something that you heard that maybe someone doesn't want to get up to the mic and share, but it blessed you, ministered to you, and you really appreciated it, Uh, so appreciation's number one, and then uh, number two, realizations, something that you realize for your own life that you'd like to share, so go ahead and open up these microphones now, and uh, anyone is welcome to share. Yep, whatever God laid on your heart, whatever you realized, or if there's something you appreciated about what another person in your group shared.
1: I'm always talking, you know.
0: <laughs> we can you you reliable Sherry.
1: Um, we were talking in our group I guess my main focus was the second question about the, uh, what type of practice that we heard of during the series. And I think what was most impactful about us was the majority of us in our group were just talking about fasting and, uh, what I appreciate is, you know, Lon sharing with us, you know, how he's, you know, Val has been going through a sickness and she's not been able to eat yep. and how he's desired to turn his plate down, you know, and I, I myself have had the practice of it, but somehow or another, you know, life happens. I got away from it, but I was so encouraged by Michael's message on fasting as well as yours, and I started to realize, if, you know, the word of God said some things only come out but by fasting and prayer, and I started to realize when I heard Lon, I said, "Well, I have things in my life I need to change. I want them to change. I can't do it. I know uh, there's no power that I have, but I know if I seek God, turn my plate down, and focus on that thing, and ask God and petition Him that He can make it change and make it happen." So I appreciate that, Lon.
0: Amen. Thank God for that. Thank you, Sherry. Amen. Just to piggyback off what she said, we're you know we're so individualistic in America, but there's this rich history and rich tradition in the Christian faith, globally and historically, of fasting for other people. <laughs> not just for yourself, not just for your own needs, not because Jesus is a genie in a bottle, and you know if you fast long enough, he'll grant you three wishes. No, 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 it's, it's to intercede, like Jesus did for us, for others. So thank you for that, Sherry. Damien.
2: Yeah, a surprising thing that really um, happened to, as we were discussing, how how different we are and how much uh, we struggle with different things and how much are very, uh, very well ahead in, in each one of us. Um, one of the areas that I feel strong is um, it's uh, fasting Fasting is not a problem for me. I mean I didn't take it and, and now let me be clear, I did it as therapeutic something. I, I, I spent two days without eating and no problem and, I, and people. Could not believe it that i could stay like that and yeah i lo- i lost 40 pounds but it was it was great I mean, you know that it was uh, i didn't feel i didn't feel any problem with that now one thing that i struggle with is um resting i guess and that is something with all of us well i know except caleb <laughs> he, he said that he can be by by himself and, and be putty, yes put his sand about it you know? where's our cg yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That chucklehead
0: stays up till 2 a.m., man.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, but uh, but I guess uh, like like uh, uh, Hunter said, uh, uh, historically and culturally, we are very uh, intent for work, 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 and you know we, we, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. So kudos for that, man. You, you, it's great that you can do that. Um, some of us prayer. I mean, I, re- I read, uh, and I read the Philip Yancey book about prayer, 400 pages, and <laughs> I didn't get much out of it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, man, I, I don't understand. I, I was like, even, even the other day, we were in our devotional. 30 seconds, I, Damien, 30 seconds. <laughs> my wife and I, and um, we heard this uh, wonderful quote from, uh, you know, back in the, I guess when we used to speak Latin, and it says, laborare is orare." I mean, work is... Prayer, So there it is. It's it's a different experience for all of
0: us. That's awesome. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. Yeah, right here in the back. Hello, I'm Tabitha. And although this is just my second week, I just tell you, everybody has been just so welcoming to me. It's just been absolutely incredible. But the thing that I really wanted to say is that one of the things that
3: we discussed was rest. And one of the things we distinguish is there's a difference between the rest where you're
0: just vegging and watching Netflix and rest that will actually rejuvenate your spirit and, re- and, and regenerate you and, and your soul and your spirit. And that there's really a really big
1: difference. And that, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I rest. I rest all the time, but I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> so, you know, I need to, you know, focus on resting and maybe journaling or reading more or more prayer. Rest that is actually
0: good for you. Awesome. Thank you, Taph. glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> all right, one or two more wants to share? This Mama Jamima.
3: A, this is a very interesting uh, exercise this morning, and it's especially for me and my dear sister here. I first of all want to acknowledge uh, our brother Mark for the sermon you delivered about uh, prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. I have been struggling for the definition of fasting. Maybe that one I can read in Swahili, so I can understand exactly what are we talking about, the fasting. Sometimes we do have excuses. Those who are diabetic, we cannot say, I am fasting, I'm not eating. I wanted to talk with Brother Mark, Because is it only not to eat that I am fasting? What about if I can say I'm not going to take breakfast or coffee? I want that time to spend in prayer. So prayer, the fasting, it has been a big thing for me. I was told one minute, but uh, sorry. Uh, The other thing is care for the poor. I have been raised in a poor community. My ministry is to support the poor people. So this one is so hard for me that I need to continue doing what I'm doing and uh, I feel like, uh, we were talking with our sister here, my problem is work and rest. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I told her, I don't know how to say no. So many requests, yes, yes, yes. And then uh, (laughs) I get work, to whatever, because I say a lot of yeses. So that is uh, the other thing that
0: uh, I needed to work for. It. And thank you. Thank you so much, Mama Jamima. That was wonderful. Fantastic. Well, hey, if you are interested in diving deeper into some of these resources, um, there is going to be a QR code that comes on the screen behind me, and it links to this workbook, which is called Developing a Rule of Life. And uh, this is from Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. Some of you may have heard of a man named John Mark Comer. He was their founding pastor and uh, just puts together a ton of great resources. He has a, a podcast called Practicing the Way and also one called Rule of Life. And you can just search that on you know, iTunes or Spotify. And we uh, wholeheartedly commend those resources to you uh, as a team here at Providence. And uh, I have a printed copy of this. If anybody would like a copy of the personal workbook going once, Brenna, all right, here we go there you go. And, uh, my, my final encouragement to us this morning is just, again, start where you are, not where you think you should be. Um, cause many of us, just depending on our age and stage, how long we've been following Jesus, there's so many different factors and it's just not fair to compare, uh, with where other people are. But the truth is, is that the things that we do do something to us. So I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to stand as I invite the music team back on stage to close us in a final song of worship this morning. And uh, as I was talking, maybe there is a moment where uh, you just felt like God was really dealing uh, with you about this. Uh, many of us have been Christians for 2, 5, 10, 20, 40 years and it's so easy in kind of our culture to look back at the date where we raised our hand, we prayed a prayer, we walked down an aisle, and that's all, that's all well and good. I did that. God bless that. Um, but the way of Jesus is not static. It's dynamic. Uh, it's not just one point on the journey of salvation. Actually, God did save us. He is saving us. And he will one day fully, finally save us when we go to glory and when he comes back to make all things new. And so I just wanna invite you to consider in your life, who is the person that you're becoming in your discipleship to Jesus? Because the truth is, that is the most important question that you or I could answer this morning is what kind of person am I becoming? Who am I becoming? What are the things that I do? What are they doing to me? What is the vision that I have in front of me for following Jesus, my savior, following the cruciform way? Uh, You know, we're in this season of Lent and that's what Lent is all about is following Jesus on his journey to the cross. That's what discipleship is all about. If anyone would come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross and follow after me. The path of self-denial is the path to self-fulfillment. It's the path to true life and life to the full. I wanna pray for you as we respond and we worship this morning. Father God, we thank you that you're here, you're in this place. We're not in a rush, we're not in a hurry. And we say, Father God, come and have your way. As it says in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As Michael preached about so well last week, Father God, not my will be done, but your will be done we ask that we would have the jesus life that our church and our individual lives our community groups our neighborhoods even the church and the city of denver god would be characterized by an allegiance to the truth of god's word that we wouldn't waver we wouldn't be afraid of what your word says that we would boldly declare it that we wouldn't be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god unto salvation for those who believe but we also pray, God, that equally we would be known as those whose lives are characterized by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, that we wouldn't uh, put our own needs ahead of others, but instead we would consider the needs of others as more important than our own, Father God, that we wouldn't give in to the American dream of accumulation and accomplishment, but instead we would follow the cruciformed way, Lord Jesus, of self-denial. Denying ourselves, taking up our cross, an instrument of torture, God, so that we could know the boundless joys and the pleasure that flow here and there from Your right hand, the joy of the Lord that was set before you, God, that you ignored the cross, you despised its shame, and you ran the path that was marked out for you, King Jesus. And we thank you that as we abide in Your truth, Your Word is truth. That as we follow Your way, as we follow Your path, as we ignore the temptation and the in the ditches around us of the way of the world and the way of religion, that we would experience life and life to the full. And so God this morning we look to you, where our help comes from, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We thank you that all life, God, everything that has breath, finds its source in you. And so tonight or this afternoon I should say, Father God, we commit ourselves to you and we say God we build our life on the only foundation at last on the only rock that does not fail though the wind may come the storms may blow the house that was built on the rock is what stands and so father god we say we're standing on you this morning we stand on no other thing than the love and the hope of jesus we worship you now in Jesus' name amen